Welcome to the On the Air podcast, a companion to On the Air magazine, a new bi-monthly magazine from ARRL for beginner to intermediate ham radio licensees. Filling in for Becky Schoenfeld, W1BXY, I'm QST editor Steve Ford, WB8IMY. Every month, the On the Air podcast extends material found in On the Air magazine to help you learn about the many things the ham radio service and hobby have to offer. The On the Air podcast is sponsored by ICOM for the love of ham radio. Welcome to the June 2020 episode. This month, we'll expand upon material from the May-June 2020 issue, specifically the article about ARRL Field Day. It's all to help you prepare for this upcoming event. The article, Go Outside and Play on Field Day, presents some basics about this annual event. It's held the fourth weekend in June, and it's the biggest on-air event of the year. Field Day is a ham radio tradition that brings people together as clubs, groups, and individuals to get on the air from parks, campgrounds, historic sites, and even their backyards. This year's event is coming up June 27th and 28th, and we've got ARRL Contest Program Manager Paul Bork, N1SFE, and he's going to offer some advice on how to get set up for a field day operation, as well as how to have fun and be safe on ARRL field day while observing precautions amid the COVID-19 pandemic. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Steve. Thanks for having me on. A number of our listeners tend to be brand new hams. And with that in mind, I thought I would really start things off by asking, what is ARRL Field Day? Well, ARRL Field Day is is Amateur Radio's open house. It's the largest on-air operating event that ARRL uh, sponsors. It's been going on since 1933. And it's a demonstration of ham radio's science, skill, and service to our communities, as well as uh, it highlights emergency preparedness, community outreach, and technical skills all in one single event. Why is it called Field Day? Field Day is an opportunity for uh, groups and organizations and individuals to demonstrate operating in, in, in less than normal operating conditions in locations that are not normal stationed locations. In other words, not operating from your home or places like that or from your club station, you'll be uh, setting up in a park somewhere where you normally would not operate amateur radio throughout the rest of the year. Sort of non-traditional environments, right? Yeah, and it's and it's a way to to experiment with different setups and also prepare for uh, operating in situations that are less than optimal. It might be an emergency situation where you have to construct a temporary uh, station to get on the air during it for emergency communications or events like that. Like many hams who operate field day, they'll use generator, battery power, solar power. In other words prepping for the point where there would be no power to operate. Yeah, correct. Correct. So so there are premiums uh, in the points that are awarded for field day. Even though field day is not a contest, there there are still points. Many groups and individuals like to use that as a uh, as a as a gauge to see how well they did, you know, this year over last year or just just compare. But there are points awarded for field day and there is a premium there is a premium awarded for using non uh, commercial supplied power. Now, going again from the standpoint of a less experienced amateur, 
What would you say to them if you were <laughs> trying to convince them that uh, field day is something they should do? What's in it for them, in other words? Well, well, there's there's several things. It's an opportunity for them to experience operating under less than optimal conditions, as we discussed earlier. And it's also an, it gives an opportunity to learn and experience new modes and operate on different bands that they hadn't operated on before. Some groups look at field day as a uh, as as an as an on air get together, or not even on air in person. And the in person get together, they'll get together at a large park, and several of them will get together and. They will have different stations set up, and people can explore and operate on new bands and new modes. And I know this year is going to be a little bit different with large groups due to the uh, due to the coronavirus. T- typically, some groups look at Field Day as a as a as a as a big gathering, and some some see it as a picnic. And it's just a, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot, it gives an opportunity for hams to get together and and try new and different things. The biggest point really with field day is to, is to get out and have fun. It, it is our open house, so a lot of groups do see this as a as a, as a way to to highlight and showcase amateur radio to a community where they normally you know, they may not even know what amateur radio is all about. I, I went out and about and visited several field day locations last year, and one of them was at was at a firehouse. And they had, they had information tables set up and were inviting the public to stop by and, and see what amateur radio was all about and what they were doing to help serve the community as well. Now, you mentioned the coronavirus. Uh, field day this year is obviously going to be different, and there's been a change in the rules. Can you elaborate on that? Certainly. So there, there's two major things that happened as far as the changes in the rules to the coronavirus. Went. One was you can operate field day from your own home, and those are normally called Class D, as in Delta, or Class E, as in Echo stations. And Class D stations are normal home operating stations like a ham might have set up at their house since field day is typically more geared to be operating in a field we have previously had imposed a limit on class d contacts where they could not count for contact for contact points a contact with another class d station for Field day this year, we have waived that rule. Not, not that not that we have never allowed those contacts, but we're allowing them to co- count for QSO uh, contact points for field day. So that's that's the biggie. Somebody like me who occasionally does not go out in the field for field day, but uh, who operates from their home, this year uh, my contacts will be worth more points to other stations. Is that correct? Right, right. If if you were operating from home under your, under your normal home operating conditions that would be running on commercially available power. In other words, you're not running on any uh, generator or some sort of battery backup or alternative power. You're running on power coming from the street. That would be a class D station. It would be just like a normal, you know, your normal every day you come home from work, you turn on the rig and you're operating. So yes, you could count those contacts for points where normally you could not count other contacts to other home stations for, for um, field day points. Speaking of operating from home, Paul, what if you're operating from home and let's say that you are using non-traditional power? Uh, maybe you've got a set of jumper cables going to the uh, car in your parking or parking lot, yeah, driveway, and, and it's powering your radio, but but you're using the antenna that's at your house, the antenna you always use anyway. What class does that put you in? Well, that, that would that would be considered emergency power since you are using 
your car battery to power the station instead of using commercial power that and you are using your normal antenna setup that you would normally use every day that would be a class e for echo and that that is that's emergency power so that's a that's a standard regular home station operating on emergency power now paul if you take your automobile with those jumper cables powering your radio take your radio along of course and you take it to a park what class does that put you into Right. That would make you what is a class B. And a class B is a one to two person group that can operate in station lo- locations that are not regular station locations. In other words, it's not your normal home. It's not the club station, you know, from your for amateur radio club. It's, it's a place that is not normally an amateur radio station. So you are setting up using no permanent structures. In other words, you're not using any tower or any sort of antenna supports set up specifically for field day. Everything you do would be set up specifically for operating for field day for on, on that one you know, that one instance. Okay. Now, thinking of technicians, and we have a lot of listeners who are technician licensees. Anything to recommend to them if they go out by themselves on field day? Well. So for technicians, if you're if you're heading out on your own, one, a couple things to remember is that field day is not an HF only uh, event. Any uh, any frequency 50 megahertz and up, in other words, all the VHF and UHF bands are available to be used uh, on field day. So technicians have full access on those frequencies 50 megahertz and up. They also do have very limited HF privileges on 804015 on Morse code as well as uh, RIDI data and phone privileges on 10 meters. So something to consider, you have to look to see what frequencies your equipment is able to operate on. So if you have a radio that does VHF, UHF plus HF, you can get on and work some 10 meter phone. Uh, that might be a, a good place to start if you have 10 meter HF capability because 10 meter wire antennas are relatively small and they're easy to construct. So you can make a temporary 10 meter antenna and set that up. And if you don't have uh, equipment that operates on HF, VHF and UHF antennas are also relatively small and portable. So you can you can get a hold of either a small beam or a, or a vertical antenna and head to a, a location that has some elevation because VHF and UHF frequencies are relatively line of sight and get on the air and, and start operating. What about FM, Paul? I know they can't operate through repeaters for contact points, but what about simplex? Well, well simplex is, is definitely something that is an option. There's uh, there's not a lot of activity on FM simplex. Again, it is not it is not prohibited. So what we've been encouraging is having some clubs really try to encourage their members to get on the FM simplex frequencies and get on and start calling CQ and really try to, to drive up some activity on the, the the simplex frequencies on VHF and UHF just to, to help get the technicians, you know, give them an opportunity to make some some contacts for field day. And of course, there are also satellites. Anything to say about that? Well, a lot of hams have had success making contacts via the satellites using a, a VHF, UHF handheld radio and, and relatively small directional antennas. Um, and that, that will help you get on the FM satellites. Or if you had a multi-mode VHF, UHF transceiver, you can work the linear satellites on uh, sideband and, and Morse code as well. If you were talking to somebody who is a less experienced general or even an amateur extra, is there any particular recommendation you would make as far as the type of equipment to take out to a, a field day site? Well, I would I would think that if you were going to be going out 
portable. Uh, you might want to take some small antennas, possibly some, you know, maybe construct some wire antennas. Single band wire dipoles are relatively easy to construct, especially when you're looking at maybe 10, 15, or 20 meters. Uh, possibly a small VHF, UHF multi-mode transceiver. Uh, those, those are very commonplace nowadays. So you can do that and again, hook it up, hook it up to the battery on your car or maybe even a small generator and you could have a lot of success on working HF. Now, what about operating goals? And by that, Paul, I mean, let's just say, depending on the class of station, you could be class D, you could be working from your home, or you could be once again, heading out to a farmer's field somewhere. Uh, do you have any particular operating goals in mind? Like you want to make X number of contacts or is it really just, does it depend on the environment you're in? In other words, how many people are operating and whether these people are particularly serious. And by serious, I mean kind of contest-oriented. Sure. I, I mean, it's some some people do look at uh, field day as a contest. Now, I just want to express that field day is not a contest. It, it's certainly set up similar to contests, but there are no there are no awards or, or certificates or anything like that awarded. Really, the main goal, I, I mean, I look at field day as more as, as an opportunity to go on and have fun. I think my, my rule number one is have fun whatever you do get on get out there and have fun and get on the air and and make contacts and again depends on it's true your environment depends on who you're around some some groups approach it more as a contest and they're out there it's like we got to make x number of contacts and you know they some groups and clubs have rivalries with crosstown clubs you know they kind of have like a friendly little competition going on every year it's like oh we got to do better than we did last year it, it all depends on really, you know, what you, what your attitude is toward field day and and how you approach how you approach the event. I know some clubs set up enormous operations uh, where they have as many as twenty transceivers going simultaneously. Yeah, and and I mean those you know those are some pretty uh, impressive setups and. You know that they really they really go out there with uh, you know with the the intent to make as many contacts as they can. I, but I, again, I think really the, the the biggest thing is to have fun. And you know, since field day is amateur radios really are our open house. There are plenty of people who really in the public who really don't know what amateur radio is all about. One of the biggest things about field day is it's really an opportunity to showcase what amateur radio is and, and maybe introduce someone new to amateur radio that might be a- absolutely fascinated by what we're doing. And, and who knows, they they might be uh, a licensed cam next year and get on the air with, with your, your club. That's true. Now, if somebody wanted to find out more about field day, the rules and so on, uh, is there a place on the ARRL website where they can do that or maybe uh, the Facebook group? Certainly. Uh, if you navigate your web browser over to www.arrl.org slash field day, that's one word, field day, that will bring you to the field day uh, section of our web page and all the rules and resources and and all sorts of information about field days available over there. And there is also a very active Facebook group at uh, facebook.com slash groups slash A-R-R-L-F-D. And very, very active uh, this year in particular because so many people asking questions about uh, the changes to do with uh, 
with COVID-19 coronavirus. And, and, you know, a lot, a lot of people get on there and just talk about what they're planning on doing. And even after the event, get on there and share, you know, pictures of their, of their event and what they've done. It's, it's a, it's a very, uh, very active group. Oh yeah. I visited frequently and you're right. Even after field day, there's a lot of sharing back and forth. This worked, this didn't, that sort of thing. Certainly. And, and we, uh, we always love to see the stories and the, and and the photos from field day, like sometimes they might even end up in the results article in QSD because we you know we do that sometimes you know we we'll, we will you know see something like that and we'll like you know contact them and ask for their permission to get stuff to you know to run in the magazine or in the results articles and people love to share their um their their stories and there's always there's always something interesting and this year is probably going to be really interesting with all, all the changes and people looking at different ways to approach field day. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, Paul. This is helpful. Thanks. All right, Steve. Thanks for having me on and, uh, and ho- hopefully you're able to get on, get on the air this year. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, which took a deeper dive into the material from the May-June 2020 issue of On the Air magazine. We'll be back in July to talk about the July-August 2020 issue. In the meantime, feel free to send comments about On the Air to ota at arrl.org, read our blog at arrl.org forward slash ota hyphen blog, or learn more about ARRL membership at arrl.org. Until next time, I'm Steve Ford, WB8IMY, 73.